0: Greetings, Invisible Historians. If you were born in France in the 1500s, today's subject would be a well-known trial, spoken over glasses of wine, pints of ale, and taverns across the country. But, since we're in the 21st century, this infamous case has become Invisible History. I'm Sean White. When the plague, yes, that plague, hit Milan in the early 1500s, It forced a celebrated jurist to salvage his floundering career by practicing law in a small French town. His first case? An unusual break-in. A gang ransacks the town's grain supply, endangering everybody's winter survival. The villagers post signs at every crossroads, demanding the grain-thieving hooligans report to court to hear their complaints. But why are we still talking about this case today? How did a simple grain robbery create such an infamous case? Well, the thieves in question… were rats. But the rats aren't the protagonist of this tale. This is Bartholomew de news story through and through. Bartholomew studied law at prestigious French universities, then landed a high-class gig in Milan, where he practiced law and lived the high life. Enter the plague. Death. Chaos. A mass evacuation is ordered in Milan. Chesnus' climb up the professional ladder is halted. Out of work, Chesnews finds himself in the provincial town of Autun, France, where he is forced to build a new law practice from the ground up. When the rat case pops up, Chesnews seizes upon the opportunity to make a name for himself by defending the accused. This is his big chance, and he's not going to waste it. After an early career full of success, excess, and luxury, News became obsessed with regaining his status, even if it meant defending rats. I know, I know, what lawyer worth his salt would defend a dirty rat? But animal trials were all the rage in the 16th century courts. It's a silly idea, but the courts had strict rules for them. For example, the law separated pets from pests because man was within his rights to exact punishment on Fido or Mr. Whiskers, but only God could control those demonic vermin. Here's just one fun example from 1587. After weevils destroyed a town's vineyards, the court charged the beasts for their crimes. Much to the weevils' great relief, the court ruled they were within their natural rights to destroy the vineyards because they had to eat. The town found the weevils innocent and awarded them their own vineyard. However, not every animal trial turned out in the animal's favor. In 1497, a town put a pig on trial for breaking into a house and eating the face and neck of an infant who subsequently died. They hung that lousy pig for its crimes, but that didn't bring the baby back. The church court agreed to hear the case of Otan versus the rats. The stakes? Excommunication from the church awaited the rodents if they were found guilty. Putting animals on trial looks pretty weird to the modern eye, but the weirdest thing for the jury in the rat trial was that News chose to defend them. News took full advantage of his big city law knowledge and defended his rodent clients with the zeal of a mama bear. When the rats didn't appear at court, News found a legal loophole worthy of Saul Goodman himself. Remember those notices they posted to inform the rat defendants they needed to show up to court? Rats can't read. That sounds like a pretty solid argument, but is that the defense Chess News went with? No. He wasn't one to take the easy way out. Instead, he pointed out his rat clients were too scattered across the province. How could the rats possibly see the notices with enough time to prepare? I imagine the bishop, in his somber black robe and powdered wig, rolled his eyes at Chesnews' defense, but few could fault his logic. The law required proper notification, and those notices weren't enough. So he won, right? Not so fast. The rats still needed their day in court. The bishop ordered a letter delivered to every pulpit, demanding the rats get their affairs in order and appear in court. Every church, from the huge cathedral to the intimate farmer gatherings, announced the order for the rats to appear in court before they passed around their collection plate. But as we all know, rats are little heathens. They didn't show. No worries. The rat's tireless lawyer did show. Chesnews was prepared for such an occurrence. It was almost as if he knew his clients wouldn't get the message. He mined his extensive legal knowledge to unearth a case-winning defense. Turns out, if the journey to court put the defendants at risk of bodily harm, they were under no legal obligation to appear. Chesnews' defense painted a picture of assassins in every alley, just under every stoop waiting for his clients to skitter by. The bishop, confused, asked Chesnews to identify these mysterious assassins. With a cheeky grin, Chesnews simply replied, why the cats, of course. As anyone who's ever owned a cat can attest, the townspeople couldn't control the domesticated creatures. So the court didn't have a way to safely bring in the rats to face their charges. The church didn't have a counterargument. This Chesnews guy was good, the rats were never excommunicated and continued to be the blight on society for centuries to come. The real winner, however, was Chess News. The rat case made him a minor local celebrity, and he landed a cushy gig as a jurist in a high court where he would never have to practice rat law again. Or would he? When charges of heresy were filed against a group of Protestants in the very court Chesnus presided over, their savvy lawyer used Otan versus the Rats as precedent by claiming they didn't expect a safe journey to court because every Catholic along the way wanted to murder them. Unable to deny his own unimpeachable logic from all those years ago, Chesnus ruled in favor of the defendants. In the end, a talented 16th century lawyer forced to make a late-in-life career change used his brilliance to protect his clients and resuscitate his career proving once and for all that the only thing that stands between failure and success is the right amount of preparation Bartlemy de Chesneau, you are no longer invisible we see you come back next week for invisible history where we'll explore a 17th century italian painter whose violent art led to violent acts Those with delicate sensibilities might want to skip this one. I'm Sean White. Until next time, keep an eye out for history.